Hello and welcome to Exploring the Seasons of Life, a podcast for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey. I'm your host, Cindy McMillan, and I'm joined today by Jennifer Lee. Today we're chatting about something a little different, and here's where I'm giving a content warning for this episode. The podcast today will discuss a specific person's experiences with robbery and abduction. This may be difficult for some listeners. Each week, I interview coaches and spiritual explorers from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. Now, before we begin our conversation, I have an exciting announcement to share with you. I love working with modern midlife women to help them lead a healthier and happier life and improve their emotional well-being. So I'm following my own advice about self-care. That's knowing your limits and not taking on more than you can handle. So with that being said, the podcast will now be twice a month versus weekly to dedicate more time to working with women. Visit my website, CynthiaMacMillan.com, to learn more and join my newsletter, Exploring Soul, for updates on upcoming workshops. Now, on to the show. It's my great pleasure to introduce you to Jennifer Lee. A decade after surviving an armed robbery and abduction, Jennifer Lee created the I Need Blue podcast. She recognized the need for other survivors to share their stories in a space where they felt comfortable. I Need Blue became the space where survivors feel they belong, are loved, are understood, and feel empowered to share their truth. Jennifer, I'm super excited you're here today. Thank you so much for having me. I am super excited to be here too. So I think a really interesting starting point would be to start with your story of surviving an armed robbery and abduction. What is the backstory and leading up to that? Sure. So this was a decade ago. Well, uh, actually, it was uh, in 2012. And I was store manager for a women's clothing store in Virginia. And it happened to be a Saturday evening, and there was about nine of us in the store. So quite a lot of people, including children. And I was working in the fitting room area, and behind me, I hear, give me all your money. Now, I stopped because those words didn't register. I'm used to hearing, can you zip me up? Does this look good? You know, all the typical things, women. (laughs) You have some jewelry. (laughs) And... um. So again, he says, give me all your money. And so at that point, I turn around to see a masked man pointing a gun at me. Uh, The gun was close enough that I could touch it. And at that point, I just turned and I headed toward the register. I could see out of the corner of my eye that he waved the gun for everybody else to follow my lead. Now, I worked with one other sales associate, and she was already up at the cash wrap checking out a customer. So I looked at her, and she kind of moved out of the way. So I am behind the register, and off to my right, I can see the other customers had kind of lined up, and he's asking them for their money and their wallets. In the meantime, I open the cash drawer and I give him the bills 
And so as to not speak, I remember I did like this little Vanna White where I took my hands and I kind of draped it over the coins to see if he wanted the coins as well. He did not. So I go over to the other register because we had two of them. And at this point now, I'm hearing a gentleman, a customer, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Shh. Another customer had shushed him. So I hear praying. Um, I can hear the children kind of crying a little bit. And I can see a mom trying to console them. So I basically repeat the same process that I did on the first register and I give him the cash. So now he has all of our money. He looks over at me and he says, do you have a safe? And we did not have a safe. And I could tell that that answer kind of irritated him. So I was a little concerned that he didn't believe me. Now behind the cash wrap is a swinging door that goes to our back room, my office, Uh, It's where we have our stock, things like that. He inquired about that door. And so I thought to myself, okay, that's where he's going to have us go next. I had several thoughts going through my mind uh, in addition to that one. I'm also thinking to myself, now you have all of our money and you're still here. My store was located in a strip center, so it was very busy. I have uh, two box stores, big box stores like Target, Best Buy on each end, and then mini stores in between. And again, like I said earlier, it's Saturday night. So it didn't make sense to me that he was still here. In the moment when he said, I want you to go back there, meaning to the back room, I had what I can best describe as an out-of-body experience where in that moment, I was no longer a mom or a sister or an aunt. I became like the mom of these strangers. I had the most intense need to protect that I had ever felt in my life before. So I usher, I I basically tell them all to please go first because I needed to be last. So if he was going to hurt somebody, it was me. It wasn't that I wanted to be hurt. I, I needed to be because the thought of something happening to these people was far worse of a thought to me than me actually, you know, dealing with whatever was going to happen next. So as we go through the door into the back room, he stops me and he says, where's your safe? And I said, we don't have one. And again, my level of concern is raised because I'm pretty sure he doesn't believe me now. We go around the corner and the emergency exit door is there and he asked me if it's locked and I said it should be. And if you push on it, um, the alarm will probably go off. So I'm thinking he's trying to plan his escape out as fast as he possibly can. Now we're all in my back room and we're lined up in front of my desk. He asked for our cell phones. And I'm watching all of the customers relinquish their phones and give them to him. And mind you, I still have mine in my pocket. In the meantime, he asked me to pull the landline out of the wall. That always kind of dates my story a little bit. We had a newly constructed room uh, back there. Inside of it was boxes of hangers, fixtures, things that we kept stored for the district, for the other stores in the area. 
he asked about that room and instinctually I knew that's where he was going to have us go next. I also knew when I turned to go into that room, the outline of my cell phone would most likely show through my pants pocket. So in that moment, I gave up my cell phone too. So now as far as I know, nobody has a cell phone. We don't have a landline. So we all go into this room. Again, I'm last and he comes in there with us. He points the gun at us and he says, don't say anything and nobody will get hurt. Keep in mind at this point, the praying has resumed. Um, the children are more visibly upset and some of the other adults are, are crying. And I'm absorbing all, uh, all of this stuff going on around me while also trying to stay calm and, and adhere to his demands. He asked me a really odd question about the door. Um, and it had something to do with, you know, does it lock? And I just, I honestly, my answer was, I don't know, because we had never shut that door. So again, like answering the safe, I felt like I gave him a wrong answer that he probably really wasn't happy with. But he looks at us one more time, still pointing the gun, and he says, don't say anything and nobody will get hurt. And at that point, he goes over to the door and he pulls it shut. And I remember the sound of scraping wood because the door had never been shut. And that's just like an awful sound. But I heard that. And so now there's nine of us enclosed in this room. I look over at one of my customers and she is starting to have what appears to be a panic attack. So I go over to her and I remember taking her arms and kind of pushing them back into the wall because I needed some help to support her. And slowly I'm, I'm looking in her eyes and I, I'm like, baby, I was like, I need you to stay with me. I need you to stay with me. And I'm trying to get her to regulate her breathing to match mine. I was failing and slowly her body started to come down. I called for the gentleman to come over and help me. I said, listen, I don't want her to fall. So we get her down onto the ground. As store manager, I am in the store at times by myself. So I am trained to listen for the front doorbell signaling somebody has come in or somebody has left. So we get her down on the floor and I hear the front doorbell go off. So I'm thinking in my head, okay, he's left. That's, that's good, right? But I don't really know. Meanwhile, this customer gets worse. And she transitions from panic attack into a seizure. And I'm definitely way out of my element now. Like I know how to put on a Band-Aid, right? Well, in that moment, my um, store associate, she had put her cell phone in her bra. And I was so thankful for that. She pulled it out. I looked at her, I said, get behind me. Because again, I heard a doorbell. And in case the robber came back, I do not want him to see her on the phone. I said, get behind me. I need you to call 911 and I need you to hang up and be fast. So she did. And then the, with the, the customer having the seizure, I have others kind of trying to give me advice on what to do, but nothing really felt right. And I was concerned that I may hurt her, right? So I heard the doorbell again. So now I have two doorbells, which tells me that there's a greater chance somebody has come back into the store. I asked my sales associate for her cell phone because I was like, I need help. Like, I, I don't know what to do to help this lady. And so I called 911. And as I'm calling 911, I hear another doorbell. So now I have three doorbells, right? 
I'm on the phone with 911 dispatcher and I will tell you that I have the most respect for what they do because literally all they have is a voice of a distraught person trying to describe the scene and what is going on and then to give directions to me so I can help. But they were wonderful. What they told me on the phone was helpful and I was able to administer what they wanted me to do to help the lady. In the meantime, the door pushes open. I think all of us stopped breathing for about a second, um, thinking that it might be the robber. But when we looked up, it was law enforcement. And I can tell you, personally, I was so thankful. I felt like I could breathe. I felt like somebody is here to help this lady. And I felt like the need to protect that was thrust on my shoulders has now been relinquished and the real protectors are here. And so that is a moment that I will never forget. And it's also part of my podcast because we discuss um, traumas of first responders as well. So at that point, that is the whole events of the actual robbery and abduction. The abduction occurred because we were left in that room um, against our will and basically unable to leave. I get asked that they catch the robber. So to kind of fast forward a little bit, yes, they did. And they did it because he kept my cell phone. And they pinged my cell phone, and he was 20 miles north at a bar, living it up with his friends, and they were able to arrest him there. That led to a whole new series of events, um, including court, um, testifying in front of a jury. And when I thought it was over two years later, I get called into federal court because he has appealed. So going to court and all of those things were really hard. And I had moments, honestly, where I wished I didn't see the robber, where I wished I didn't ID him, or I wished I didn't have to go to court because it was like ripping the mandate off every time. But at the end of the day, I will tell you that I am glad. I believe God doesn't give us anything we can't handle. So I was picked for the job, but also through talking with other survivors, some of them live with not knowing where he's at because he didn't get caught. You know, and they live with the, well, what if he hurts somebody else? What if he comes back after me? And so I am thankful. Uh, took me a little while to get there. <laughs> 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 but I'm, I'm thankful it all worked out the way that it was um, supposed to. But it, it did leave me with different triggers. Um, I have, and I know we wanted to talk about safety, and I will tell you, my sense of safety shattered that day. It didn't just break. It shattered in front of me because that store was like my second home. I never felt unsafe there. And I learned quickly how things can change. And I I look at life a little differently. I don't live in fear because I think fear is debilitating, but I'm more aware. and And I live in a world of, okay, it can happen. Like it can happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, as I'm listening to your story, I I did want to just touch on personal safety, because that's so incredibly important that, you know, everyone needs to take seriously. And but as I'm listening to you, my, my significant other is always saying to me, Cindy, you can't be oblivious to what's going on, you always need to be watching. And sometimes, though, it just like in your situation, having customers in the store, it just happens. 
Yes. I mean, the elements for that to happen were not there. I mean, it's a Saturday, 7 p.m., still light outside in a strip center that is full of people. And you want to rob a store that has nine people, including children. I mean, anything could have happened. Um, And I'm thankful. I will say when I went back to court two years later, all of us were there, all of us survivors. And I looked at them and I thanked them. I said, thank you for trusting me, who was a complete stranger, to handle things the way that I did because somebody could have been a hero. You know, one of the children could have been like, oh, I saw this in a video game. Let me try this because Mm -hmm. the good guy always wins. Like you just you just don't know. And so as tough as going back to court was, I am thankful for having the opportunity to thank them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, can you give us some tips maybe? Now, I know in in your situation, it was totally unexpected, but 10 years has passed about maybe some tips around being aware of our surroundings and potential dangers, what what we should be looking for. Yeah, it's really interesting because uh, God gave me the message that talking about... um, God gave me the message that talking about situational awareness was something I was supposed to do. And it happened actually a year ago when somebody got in my personal space. I was at a conference and the unthinkable happened and I came out okay. But uh, that's when I realized I'm supposed to intertwine this as well. So um, I can happily and easily share some safety tips with you. I was partnered introduced to a gentleman named Mike Dandridge, who is an executive safety expert. Like that is his career. He's, you know, watched over past presidents, things like that. And so this is not just Jen's opinion. Like these are coming from an expert um, as well. And I will say I have these magnets that me and Mike put together and I will gladly mail one to any of your guests that want one for free. If you just email me or email you and send me the address, I will gladly send you a a magnet. But in the magnet, we have the word live, L-I-V-E, very simple. So the L is listen to your gut. Never apologize for listening to your gut because it is there for a reason, okay? And then the I of live is identify the threat, So be aware of your surroundings. And that's so important. Like put your cell phone away, walk with your head up, all of those things. Um, Don't, you know, if you run, at least make sure you have one ear open. Don't run with your music blaring because you have no idea who's who's coming behind you, nothing. Um, And then the V of live is visualize your response. So have a plan ahead. Like when you're aware of your surroundings, is there uh, an uh, emergency door you could run through? Are there houses around you could run to if you needed to? All of those things. And then the E I kind of talked about is eliminate distractions. Again, it's so important just to be aware of your surroundings, like your significant other. That is great advice. But a lot of times it's like, what does that look like? Um, And that's really important information. But I did an episode um, on my situation um, as well. And so I can send you that link. Um, It has a lot of great safety tips as well for a resource. Yeah, definitely send that to me, um, Jen, because I will put that into the show notes. Mm-hmm. Because I, again, I think personal safety is, is so incredibly important that we just don't 
whether we're distracted with our with our children, our pets, our phones, whatever, I just don't think we always take it into account. And Absolutely. You mentioned your podcast. I would love to ask you about your podcast. How long have you been doing it? And tell us just a little bit about it. Oh, absolutely. I, I love talking about my podcast. I've been called to do it. Um, I It's almost been two years since I launched my first episode. I'm approaching 50 episodes. I do them every other week. And I know you're going to start doing that twice a month as well. Um, so it started with me sharing my story of the robbery and abduction, and then also incorporating the need for our law enforcement and first responders. But it's transitioned from there. So you do not have to be a survivor of a violent crime um, to be on my podcast. It's literally life events, traumas, and triggers is how I describe it. And my current episode is actually a gentleman who was an Ironman competitor and sadly was in a car accident and became a quadriplegic. So imagine the life changes that, that that created for him. But in the conversation is his son and his daughter. And it is, you will cry, you will laugh, you will give thanks for family, and you will feel all these emotions. But they are so positive in where they are today in the journey you know that they took to get there. So that's a little bit about my podcast, an example of different stories that I have on there. And again, that podcast is called I Need Blue. That is correct. All right, everybody go out there and take a listen to Jen's podcast. And I wanted just to jump over just a little bit to get to my favorite question. And that is what does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business? So this is why I think you and I were meant to connect, uh, interestingly enough. So back in 2008, I started writing a book about what influences our individuality. And it's literally just sat in my computer, right? But when I saw the word season of life, I was like, oh my gosh, I wrote about that. And so this morning, and I haven't looked at my book in probably a good year, I went and I looked and I actually have a chapter called Seasons of Life. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's cool. (laughs) Yes, I do. Because I researched how like spring represents our birth, summer kind of represents our youth, fall. We start to think about mortality. It can be a little melancholy. And then winter, old man winter is kind of like death and, and satire. So, um, that is honestly how I look at seasons of life. It is, it is the life cycle. Um, is how I see it. And I wrote about it. So I just think it's great that we connected. I think we were meant to. Absolutely. And, you know, because that's my favorite question, I've noticed a common theme. And, you know, I've had guests talk about the seasons. I've had um, guests talk about everything to do with maybe their um, their cycles. I mean, just everything that comes along with the seasons of life But the one common thread is that life is ever-changing. It's not static. It it doesn't just stay in a time capsule. Absolutely. And we don't control it. That's right. Yep. We don't don't control it. So, yeah. I, I love that question. And I love that that's the name of your podcast, too. That's great. Well, you'll have to have to send me 
your book once it's released and I can read all about that in your chapter. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, you know, it's just kind of sad. But speaking of books, I literally just became a published author on a different book called Why I Survived. And it's for personal experience of mine because I'm also a survivor of dating abuse and I have not spoken about that story at all. Um, so I decided to write about it. And then it has the armed robbery abduction and it has the story of situational awareness as well. And then I end on a, a different note, uh, a positive note where I talk about an experience where I learned the difference between our intentions and our purpose because they are very ah. different. Can mm -hmm. you talk about that just a little bit? Yeah, I would love to. It was years ago, and I remember I woke up one morning, and I wanted to take a trip to the beach. The beach was probably a two-and-a-half-hour drive, so I was talking myself out of it. Like, I need to stay home and do errands. I don't have gas money, you know, all of these crazy things. But I really wanted to go and sit on the beach and write. So at the end of the day, that's what I decided to do. I packed a bag, blankets, everything else, because, again, it's March in Virginia. So I get to the beach, and I get outside and I was like, oh my gosh, it's too cold. Like I can't sit outside. This is not going to work for me. But I also noticed something different on that trip that I really hadn't seen before. I grew up in what I would consider, I guess you could say a sheltered life because there were no homeless people around where I grew up. And for my first time at the beach, I had seen lots of homeless people and I could feel fear come in my body. Like I was, I was afraid of them, right? I was there by myself. Nobody knew I was at the beach. And so I remember walking along and just kind of observing everything I was taking in. There was a restaurant. So I, I went inside, got warm, ate some food. And I remember I wrote a poem and I was praying to God. And I said, listen, I really want to help these homeless people, but I'm afraid. And so maybe I'll just take my blankets to a shelter, right? So I come out of the restaurant and I smoked at that time. And I saw one of the homeless men, he started to walk towards me. And fortunately, it was a little bit later in the day. So there were more people around. So the situation, talking situational awareness was a little bit safer for me. I wasn't alone. And the gentleman starts walking towards me and I can hear God say, it's okay. He just wants a cigarette. And so I was like, okay, sure enough, he comes up to me and he wanted a cigarette. So I gave him one. And I remember looking at him and his face was so red and chapped. And even back then, I remember thinking to myself, what is his story? Like, how did he get here? Right. So I look at my blankets and I asked him, I was like, would you like my blankets? And he was like, yes. And then I had the leftover food that I hadn't touched. And I was like, would you like some food? And he got tears in his eyes. And he said, yes, thank you, ma'am. And I said, you're welcome. And I gave him those items and I just looked at him and I said, please take care of yourself. And I walked away with a feeling inside that I had never experienced before in my life. But all I knew is that I had given these items that I have more of at home to these people that were in need. And on the way home, that's when I realized, you know, my intention for going to the beach that day was to sit and write and enjoy a meal and have some time to myself. But my purpose was much greater. My purpose was to help these people and to show that, you know, we can give the stuff that we have and make a difference for somebody else. And then also that by having faith, 
in God versus allowing the fear to prohibit me from fulfilling my purpose, I again was able to make a difference in someone's life. Oh, that is so, so beautiful and so well said about the intention and the purpose that we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad that you're on the podcast today because oh. everything is just just so in alignment with, you know, what I believe and what I think and what this podcast is about. Yeah. In 2022, you were nominated for the Melbourne Chamber of Commerce Hero Appreciation Week for your elf efforts, excuse me, in helping other survivors. Can you talk about that a little bit in terms of your podcast? Sure. I had no idea that I was going to be nominated. I just got an email one day saying, you've been nominated. I was like, wow. I was like, that's pretty cool. You know, I was kind of the lone podcaster of the group and whatnot. But anyway, I was very honored. And they had five different categories. So you had like nonprofit, you had a, the first responders were a category, um, education, educators were another category and whatnot. But anyway, I think what I will do is actually read what somebody had wrote because this was on my certificate that they gave me. I think that best describes from somebody else's words. It says this, discussing a painful situation can be scary. However, for some, talking about their trauma is an initial step toward healing. The podcast was created because of a series of events, including robbery and abduction of Jen herself. Jen is brave and my hero. And I don't know who wrote that, but that somebody in my community wrote that. And others in my community felt compelled enough to, to nominate me. I, it's, it just blows my mind. I feel like sometimes I'm just floating in the, in the world. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Almost unreal. Yeah, I was just going to say for somebody that you don't even know who wrote that, that is a heartfelt message. I mean, just truly authentic about how you've touched people's lives. Yes. And I, you know, when I first started the podcast, I think I was looking at it from this national point of view, right? Podcasts go everywhere, worldwide, whatnot. And about six months in, like a light bulb went off and it was like, wait a second, like grassroots, like you live in a community where there are plenty of stories. You, you have people right here in your neighborhood that you could help and that it's time that you start focusing locally and not so much worry about national reach. It'll get there if that's what it's meant to do. But right now your purpose is to, to be close to home. And I'm thankful I got that message because it's been very helpful. Yeah, one of the, I'm going to say it's almost like a mantra that, I am, that I'm saying, but it's so true from, from myself. I want to live, work, and play in my own neighborhood. I want to know about the world at large, and I have people on the podcast from all over the world, but I also want to know in my own neighborhood what's going on with the seasons of folks' lives. Absolutely. It's so special, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. And the other, yes. And the other thing that I, I do as well is I partner 
with the local, national, international organizations as well. And so being able to partner with even the local organizations, it's kind of my way of giving back to my community by putting a spotlight on what they do. And I list them as a resource on my website. So if somebody listening um, needs help, they, they know that there's a resource out there as well. But I do. I love to know what's going on in my community because a lot of times, you know, we hear a lot of negative things sometimes, you know, broadcast. And there's so much positive. And the more we can focus on positive stories, especially close to home, I think it really brings people together. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I'm going to hop back one second because we talked about trauma a little bit. And so trauma affects everyone differently. And this podcast, a lot of it, I talk about self-care. And so self-care is an important part of managing trauma. Do you have a self-care routine? Is there anything that you do for yourself specifically? I love naps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do. I <laughs> When I when my body says it's tired, then I go and I take a nap because that it needs to rest. And when I started my podcast, there were episodes where I, I recognized now I was getting triggered because I would I would hang I would be done and I'd be like, Oh my god, I'm so tired. Like I gotta go lay down. Somebody told me something once that just clicked in my head. And it was you wanna be empathetic or you wanna be compassionate but not empathetic. Because empathy means you're almost taking on their emotions and feeling that pain and you don't want to do that. But being compassionate allows you to to care about them and to allow them to listen. So once I was given that advice, it changed how I how I felt about things. And it's really made a difference. So take naps, uh, be compassionate, don't take on other people's emotions and and allow them to to penetrate you don't carry that around and i'm a firm believer of therapy always and i also just did hypnotherapy as well and i found that to be beneficial so um, there are ways to find help and if therapy doesn't work then try another source because there is many options out there yeah there there absolutely are a lot of options <laughs> but i love that you said take a nap because sometimes we even fight against taking a nap. So yes. I, I just, I think that's great advice. <laughs> yeah, well, we think we'll go get another cup of coffee to not take the nap when really, if we just take the nap and give our body what it what it wants, we, we do much better. Exactly. I want to know what you would think the Jennifer, and I'm doing air quotes here, the Jennifer that survived that abduction for. Mm-hmm. I think remaining calm because so many times we think to ourselves, you know, I remember my assistant manager, she was like, oh my goodness, thank, I'm so glad that wasn't me because I probably would have passed out. Well, I will say you really don't know what you're going to do until you're faced with the situation. It's really easy to be the outsider looking in and think that's what you're going to do. But in all honesty, and I and every episode with this saying is you are stronger than you think. And I think that's what happened that day is I'm thankful I stayed calm. And I think I proved to myself that I am stronger than I ever realized that I could be. So don't assume, uh, but yeah, I stayed calm and 
I think that's the best thing that I could have done. Yeah, yeah. What's the biggest surprise you've had in the last, I don't know, few weeks, few months? I'm constantly delighted by the support from my community in different ways. That's pretty amazing. Um, My son got married. That was a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) As long as he's happy, I don't really care what my kids do. Just be happy and, you know, support you in whatever you do. Um, I just honestly, I live each day being positive and just absorbing everything I get, I get, because that's like a surprise in itself. It's like opening up a present, you know? And so I don't have anything like specific. I just live my life. Like it's one big surprise, I suppose, in a positive way. You know, that's actually a good way of living. Mm-hmm. Being positive and just being surprised by what comes to you each day. Absolutely. How can, how can people work with you? How can they find your social media, your website, if they wanted to be on your podcast? Absolutely. So honestly, the one-stop shop is my website, which is ineedblue.net. From there, you can find all my social channels. You can find all of the episodes. Um, You can find videos. You can find the book, um, all of those things. So I always recommend going there. It makes everything easy. Um, But otherwise, if you do have Apple Podcasts and Spotify, all of them for the most part, I can be found there. Uh, I need blue podcasts as well. Um, But yeah. You know, I want to tell you, Jen, thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. It's been a great conversation. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it, too. I'm so glad that you reached out because I think we were meant to talk today. Absolutely. All right. You have a great day. I will. You, too. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey friend, thank you for listening to Exploring the Seasons of Life podcast with me, your host, Cindy McMillan. I hope you loved this conversation with Jennifer Lee as much as I have. Join me on February 20th, 2023 at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern for the Essential Emotions Masterclass, where I will be discussing how to use essential oils for emotional wellness. As always, you can head over to CynthiaMacMillan.com to sign up for our email list, as well as check out all the links and resources in the show notes. And that's all for this episode. See you next time.